What's up? <laughs> for fuck's sake. I can't handle the waiting for the music to be done. But I did it. I did it. Let's do this. Ready? Ralph, vetdna.com. Use code SHITHAPPENS for $5 off the crypto panel. And you know you need a crypto panel for your hog nose. So if you're thinking about getting in, start testing as you get them. Instead of being like, oh no, I have all these hog noses. I can't carry them all and I don't know how to test them. It's real easy. It's a little poopy on a stick. And you send it. You don't have to even overnight the crypto panel. We love it. If you want to do Nido, Arena, Void panels, Sunshine Virus for your carpets, the Rowl's got you covered. BadDNA.com. My favorite thing ever. And you know what? I forgot to share a screen. Because I suck. <laughs> Let's go through our sponsors. Great Family Snakes. I did check their morph market. That clutch wasn't there yet, but it's coming. The uh, BPI DG Pied Clutch. It's on its way. Keep watching. Very soon. We love you. Great Family Snakes. Bravo Zulu. I think she still has some het puzzle stuff, females. We love that. She she did, is not coming on the auction this weekend, though, because of like a scheduling conflict. So we'll check her out next time. But if you want any of these cool snakes, go over to bravozulupythons.com and send her a message. Good project snakes. Lavender, pied, het clowns, het puzzle, combo. Fun stuff. We love fun stuff. Powerhouse pythons. Andrew has, let's just look at his husbandry pro store where all the cool people put their stuff. Good project stuff. Mojave head clown, mystic head clown. What else have we got? Banana stuff. We love all of that and some proven breeder stuff. <laughs> Ball pythons, not stuff. That would be silly if it was stuff. Check out Andrew Boring. Uh, and buy all the stuff before his child comes. You know, it's very important. He needs the money. This is a charitable donation. Thank you, Andrew. Powerhouse Pythons. Christopher Venus Reptilia shipping so many snakes. He, he needs the biggest box of all time. It's bigger than, you know, my head. Easy. Easy. So congrats on all the sales. If you want a Pituovis locality boa, ball python, Blood, what else does he have? Carpets, stuff like that. Send Chris a message and he can hook you up. I'm getting some things in the trade. And you know what it is? It's Depe Janai, which is my favorite. Except for maybe Baja, Cape, Gophers. Don't tell anybody I said that out loud. <laughs> uh, thank you, uh, Chris, for sponsoring. Um... Stone Age of All Pythons is finishing up his uh, man shed. He's got a nice sink. We love sinks around here. A little chair. So that's cool. Check out his Instagram to see what he, all he's doing. I don't think he has a ton of availability, but he is making moves. We're all making moves around here, getting bigger and moving forward. So even if the market's down, doesn't actually matter. 
you still got to keep progressing with your collection and your infrastructure. So we love that. Thank you, Stone Age Pythons. And last but not least, Shane Kelly, Smalltown Exotics. Here's his husbandry pro. We still have some of this stuff from last week. Y'all are letting me down. Should be buying stuff. Like, like, like this. This was my favorite. Cypress Fire Double Head Enhancer G Stripe. What does a Cypress G Stripe even look like? Do you know? No. So this would be like a great project animal for the future. For the future. Lots of cool GHI stuff and Calico stuff. Thank you, Shane. Small Town Exotics. Okay, I did it. <laughs> and our guest. Yay, Julie is here. Hello. All right, sorry. Hi, and happy Hogtober. <laughs> and thank you, chat, for being here. We're mostly just going to do like a chatty, uh, I don't know, hog talk. Yeah. I don't think we've had a mostly hognose guest yet, so we're doing it. Cool. All right, first, what's your 60-second elevator pitch? <laughs> elevator pitch in terms of like your you business. <laughs> uh, just in terms of like, uh, uh, you should get a hog nose or just here's me. It's up to you. Yeah, here's you. Nobody here's knows who you are yet. So, I mean, uh, my name is Julia. I uh, run Blacksmith Reptiles. It's primarily Western hog noses. Um, I'm looking to expand into other species of hog noses. Um, just uh, a lot of fun stuff. Um, I do also have some king snakes, and um, I'm raising up uh, some pitchwolfus uh, breeds to or uh, species to um, breed as well. I'm just sort of all over the place. I love my North American colubrids, and um, and my snakes are my family first. They're awesome. Mm -hmm. so. Oh. Marissa says she has a hog from Julia and she adores her. We love that. Awesome. <laughs> I love to, you need to start posting more pictures of her on uh, the Discord, Marissa, because uh, I need to see updates on the baby. <laughs> it's hard to like, rub, I, I like, I know who I bought everything from, but it's hard to be like, I haven't took in a picture of that and tagged that person in a year and then be like, damn. Yeah. <laughs> damn, what did I fuck up? Because <laughs> I have, I don't know how many snakes you have, but I have like, I don't know, 400 or something. So, so like whole classes of animals, I still like. I take I take them out. I go and just sit in the yard in the grass. I just don't take a picture of them because I was like, I don't know, you know what I mean? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you're just like it's not the focus of what you're doing. Usually, like, taking pictures of babies for sale, or mm -hmm. like pairing to like get to show it off. But you might have had something and still love it. But then you're like, oops, yeah. Or it's like I'm looking for a picture of this one snake, and it's like I wow, I haven't um, I haven't taken a picture of that particular snake since probably they were a baby or something like that. yeah like i had somebody ask for an adult boa picture and i'm like i scrolled back through my instagram and i hit 2020 i'm like 
whoopsie because <laughs> i still have him he's still fine i just once you're once they're an adult you're just like they're an adult now so unless you're like showing something off that there's no transition point yeah yeah, yeah. it's and all right what's uh, that? i'm just distracted bad <laughs> I already told Julia, but my dog got skunked last night, so I keep like smelling it in the house. <laughs> and then I go, "Sorry, all right." You can smell her coming instead of just having <laughs> her coming. <laughs> this like purple fume back there—that's me stinking. <laughs> so now I'm just saying. I just started playing that Monster Hunter now, and there's like a. a a purple haze around you when you get poisoned. <laughs> I was I didn't play it myself, but I watched my husband play Monster Hunter World. Uh-huh. And I was just like, this is the best game to watch. <laughs> like I, I think grinding dragons to make parts uh mm -hmm. probably isn't that fun. But I'm like, <laughs> you have a pet cat who's your best friend and he cooks and he and his friends cook. And then you hunt like the coolest dragons in these like like ecosystems where the dragon's powers are like ecosystem specific. And then I don't it's like a great game to watch, mm -hmm. but I don't know about like grinding it. <laughs> so how long have you had this collection if you had a different collection when you were young? Uh, so I mean I actually um wasn't until I was adult that I was actually able to keep uh, reptiles. Um, mother was not particularly is not particularly fond of snakes. Um, I will convert her, but um, <laughs> so I mean I haven't actually had this uh, collection for all that long. Um, but hog noses mature uh, pretty quickly, so um, I actually have a decent amount of adults at this point. Um, but yeah, I started like actually getting into breeding uh what three years ago at this point um so i haven't been doing it all that long i just uh i get hyper focused on something <laughs> learn absolutely everything there is to know did you buy it. your hogs as babies two years before that so like 2019 i i got a something? couple of them as adults but yeah i've got um i've got a bunch of 2019s uh my 2020s just started or just had their first clutches this year, like that sort of thing. So I did buy a lot of my uh, hog noses as babies, um, but I did buy a couple of adults while I was going through it. Um, but you were in before COVID. So that means you're cool. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I love all the COVID babies. Y'all are fun. Um, it's just like, I, it's not even that big of a deal, but if somebody like got in before COVID, then they were just getting in because they just wanted to, you know, you know? <laughs> well, <laughs> they weren't being like manipulated into it by YouTube or whatever. No. Nah, and I mean, I, I've been sort of dreaming of being able to do something like this since I was a teenager, you know, mm -hmm. um, like we had those, or even before that, you know, we had those exotic animal, um, the fairs come to our school and I got to hold the mm -hmm. you know, Burmese Python when I was a kid and what have you. And, and like, got me absolutely loving the animals um so i prefer it's been in the works for a while now uh, did you pick hognose because of a reason 
like an influencer or just because they are cute? I probably got my first hog noses because of uh, because I saw probably a snake discovery video on YouTube and then I fell in love with it. So, uh, <laughs> um, you know, I mean, that's how it works, right? Like you see something that you've never seen before on, uh, well, especially nowadays online or what have you. And it's like, all right, I got to, mm -hmm. um, I got to get into that. And then you get one and you just fall for them hard. But, have you had corn snakes yet? Because I I've interest not. you in a corn snake. <laughs> At some point, sure. Like, especially some of the adults that I've seen from um, you and Silent Hill Reptiles are freaking gorgeous. And I will definitely want one of those at some point. But as a pet, I'm probably not going <laughs> to. Like, corn snakes are not one that I would like to breed or anything. But uh, are you yeah. sure? They're fun. I, I got my hands full. I have to proselytize <laughs> a little bit here. Uh... Sorry. You know, I have to proselytize a little bit because I th I think you're kind of every time I hear a, a new hognose breeder who's up and coming, they usually just got hognose because they just liked they were exposed to a hognose video or something, and they're just like, I like it, and they got them. <laughs> But they never necessarily like had other a lot of other things, and then they add other things later, hypothetically. Some people switch from ball pythons to hog noses mm -hmm. a lot, <laughs> <laughs> or switch back or something. But but you, I don't know anyone who's gonna been like I'm a colubrid breeder, and I'm now I'm just gonna breed hog noses. They usually add it. Does that make any sense what I just said? Those things. <laughs> no, I get it. Yeah. Yeah. And especially like I think it's also a factor of like hogs yeah. have been around for a long time, obviously, but uh like a demand for them is relatively recent, I feel like. I get a lot of people where they're like, Yeah, I could get that hognose, you know, six years ago for 50 bucks or something like that. And people wouldn't, weren't really looking for mm -hmm. harmless expos or what have you. Whereas I go to, and they were cheap, like yeah. literally a normal 30 to 50 bucks. Mm -hmm. And the cool thing to do was make a snow for 300 or, or what, 250 or something. That was, that was it. That was, <laughs> yeah. Or, or maybe there was like, and I, I know Jeff's been doing his polygenic stuff for like a hundred years. So like that's there too. I don't know what the prices were of those, but we, I never saw a long time ago. I never even saw Western hognose at shows in like 2004. They just, not enough people were breeding them outside of their range. Really? Yeah. yeah. And I mean, it, it's, you know, with an, I guess we could call them an emerging market, I guess, uh, for hognoses. Like, I mean, mm -hmm. more and more people because of, uh, you know, online videos and what have you, they're, they're wanting to get hognoses as pets and what have you. And I think that there's definitely an influence from it just being an emerging market, as it were, um, in terms of what. Did you sell into, you? so you sold hogs last year and you 
and you've gotten selling hogs this year. Did you sell the year before that, 2021? Yeah, I um I didn't have many though. I had uh one clutch or no, okay. a double clutch from one pairing. Um so do you have but, any like feelings about the market last year versus this year? Obviously 2021 was probably pretty good because you didn't have that many to sell and they probably just bye. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um last year the the my online sales were a lot better than this year um i mean it was like i put up babies and they were gone within a week most times um mm-hmm. online whereas this year it's uh it's not that way um but at the same time i'm doing a lot more expos this year so i'm seeing sales at expos um but yeah i mean it's that's probably the biggest difference that I've seen is online sales aren't as good this year as they were last year. Mm-hmm. Or fast, I should say. Do you think that the hog nose high-end market needs to come down a little bit? Because, you know, how many people can invest in before you need to just start selling to pet people? Yeah. Which you are anyway. <laughs> Yeah. Right. But like there's some stuff that's been the same price for a hundred years and that's pretty cool. But then mm-hmm. like maybe like we've tapped out all the people that want to invest at that price point. Yeah. And and especially like you're seeing um you're seeing some morphs come out where it's a triple visual or what have you of you know uh a, a sable albino superconda or something like that that's on morph market for six thousand dollars and it's like okay how many people are, are gonna be <laughs> looking for that um but yeah i mean we're starting to see uh, a reduction in a lot of things like lavender and sable um where mm-hmm. the more people are breeding them the lower the price is getting um and it's getting, especially lavenders are getting to that point where it's starting to be more um, uh, pet pet pricing, as it were, versus... Yeah, what's a male right now? Five, six hundred? Uh, between eight hundred? Yeah. Um, if you have... Like, like super a- arctics, there's a ton of them at four to five hundred on more markets that are sitting. Yeah. And I think when I did the hognose stonks their average was still 800 but like they're sitting at 500 and that's like a, pr- a pet price right but oh, like they're they're sitting at 500 so then like i i there starts to be like a, an incentive to like make it about catering to the pet market more yeah yeah and i mean it's it's also a factor like i won't usually put my stuff down until or usually but uh i don't really think about putting my stuff down until the year after they actually hatched um Mm -hmm. just yeah i mean at that point if they've been sitting for that long then all right cool i'm gonna lower the price on it but it could just be because there's too many on the market or what have you right um but yeah i i mean it's also again you see year by year just the the stables last year were going for a thousand plus or something like that and now you're seeing stables at you know 
700 to 900 range sort of thing. So it's, it's happening. It's just happening probably slower than it should. <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, hognose have a lot of babies, can double, sometimes mm -hmm. triple clutch, and they some females can breed at two-ish. Like there's yeah. so, so like I don't know. I don't know what, what I'm getting at here. I'm just saying like if you're like the price of hog noses will always be the same, that is not correct. No, not at all. Not at all. Um, right. They they have like the corn snake problem. They make too many babies, they're too easy to breed in some ways, and they make lots of babies. So like it's very easy to hit triple recessives, quad recessives. Yeah. So like I, that's why I'm like don't nobody yell at me on the internet. Don't <laughs> yell at me. But like I like the way high end hog combos look. I think they look crazy mm -hmm. and nice. But they're they're gonna fall at a speed that I think ball python people would be surprised by because of <laughs> clutch size and numbers, right? Yeah, yeah. And I mean, there's there's a little bit of a factor of just how difficult the babies can get to establish that will sort of limit the the number of breeders that are actually into it um right that's you know, true you you will get people that you know try for a year with a, a couple clutches and then they're just like you know what this is not worth it um <laughs> i feel like that's more than half probably yeah like 70 percent flake out mm -hmm. so like that's a good reason to get in like if you're gonna know how to do it be good at it and you're tolerant of their bullshit <laughs> yes <laughs> and you would be a good candidate to be a hog nose breeder but if yeah. you want a snake that's like a ball python where they're like i gave it a hopper mouse and 99% of them eat and I don't do anything else. Like, yeah. uh, they're different. So how do you start your babies? Um, what's your like process? So, I mean, I actually, you know, it's gross, but, um, <laughs> for one thing, I don't offer them whole mice. I actually cut the mice in half lengthways. Um, mm. I have uh, mouth to crotch everybody. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> gets all the blood and guts out and gets them gets them going easier um but yeah that's like what i offer first um i also another big thing is i keep them in very small containers like very small um like what is it uh i actually brought one down to show you but this is the starting hatchling container it's mm -hmm. 12 inches by three inches by two inches like, <laughs> they're tiny um that's what i use for horse snakes the i80 yeah. tubs yep exactly and um and yeah between the tiny enclosures and uh cutting them like that as well as just trying my very damnedest not to disturb them at all when i put the food in the first time i do have a lot of success with that um after that then it's a question of scenting and what I like if they refuse that mouse cut in half um you start going into your scenting rotation I've got 
in my freezer just all sorts of scenting materials from sardines to chicken hearts to salmon, um, frog. I get frog reptilings, but also like the juice. Frog juice, yeah, exactly. Um, I've I, never had success with their juice. Not gonna lie, I haven't actually had much success. Like, I have a couple of okay. I got a weird thing to tell you. Wait, I thought about licking it to see if it wasn't just fucking water. Because, like, <laughs> when you smell it, it doesn't smell like anything. And I'm like, what if I just, just a little bit? <laughs> I mean, essentially, it's frog legs, and people do eat frog legs. So. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, well, what if it doesn't actually taste like that much? Because, like, you know, you're supposed to, like, defrost the little bit, and you get, like, a little little bit of liquid but like what if the good juicy chunks are still at the in the ice cube part because you can't defrost the whole thing otherwise they'll start to go bad and i get it but i'm like i might just be putting water on these pinkies <laughs> <laughs> well and that's one of the reasons why i started doing the the little frog links uh where it's actually the right the, then you can like smush out a smear of it and yeah um, it's like bagels like uh <laughs> Um, or I'll, like I'll cut a little piece off and get and put it in there just to see if they'll eat that on its own. Have you own. ever had them eat that? Um, there's there's like two or three throughout the year that will like, all right, cool, it's frog. Um, but I mean, if you're gonna be scenting with anything frog related, like I, not gonna lie, I have a plains toad that I keep specifically for. <laughs> yeah do you just like do it on his back or something mm -hmm. just a little yep. like tap tap do you wash your pinkies <laughs> with dawn first or just water uh i will rinse them off with water first um before i actually do the toad thing you try that um, dawn action yeah i literally wash them with dawn <laughs> and they start squeaky clean they don't smell like anything then <laughs> I just get nervous with the toad in terms of like, I don't want to be transferring anything onto his skin. Right. Well, yeah. and then you don't want to necessarily transfer stuff to the snake because there are yeah. worms where their intermediate host is a toad and their final yeah. host is a hog nose. Yeah. So, I mean, it's definitely like that's my last ditch effort to get them to eat. Um, How many, what, what's your like, you know, sorry, uh, FTT, like FTT time, buddy. How many oh. times or trials or weeks until you're like, you're not doing good? Uh, I want to say it's about, like, I'll go through all of my scenting stuff and it's probably about two months where it's just like, I'm going to have to either try assist feeding you or you're just not going to make it. Um, mm -hmm. And I mean, there's, there's not a ton of them that get to that point, but the ones that do it's once in a very long while, they'll take food after, you know, months and months and months of not eating, but the vast majority of them will. Right. Yeah. Um, there, there are people that uh, when their hog noses get to that point they'll they'll brumate them um and see if the brumation sort of kicks them into gear mm -hmm. um i haven't really gotten into that aspect uh because they they do 
the majority of them that don't eat, they, they will atrophy pretty quick. And in right. the back of my head, yeah, I don't really know if they're going to survive cremation to begin with. So it's like, right, I'm just going to. Yeah, any species that's like, I'm going to blast 40 babies a year. It's not, a, they're not necessarily like ensuring the highest quality per embryo. So like there are some babies that I think are destined to be failure to thrive. And you couldn't do anything to fix them, even if you brumated them, lubricated them up, gave them snake <laughs> massages, you know, took them out to dinner, serenaded them. Like, there's like nothing you can do except for give them the best chance they have. And then it's be like, instead of letting you starve to death, I'm going to humanely euthanize you, in my yeah. opinion. Yeah. And I mean, it's, it's the same thing. Like I said, I bring king snakes too. Like, with them, I don't even really go through the, the scenting aspect because it's just like uh, if you're not eating if you're a king snake and you're not eating after a little bit like there's something wrong with you <laughs> how did your mex mex go okay um sorry uh, topic change no, no worries. <laughs> but i'm just like having fun <laughs> they're uh they were tiny tiny when they hatched i think i um, might have incubated them a little bit too warm. I'm going to try um, lower next year. But uh, about half of them are doing well. The other half, I think, like I said, I, I might have incubated them a little too warm this year. Mm -hmm. So they're, they're not really doing all that well. But um, the there was, what, eight that hatched and four are doing fantastically. They're still so tiny. <laughs> have you ever thought of, like, running viper geckos or something to feed them to feed even feed hogs maybe because they eat fence lizards in the wild yeah i mean i've thought about all of that stuff and there's also i mean in terms of like feeding the adults or getting the babies to eat that's the next question mostly or the babies right now okay. i mean with all of the other scenting stuff that I do, like I have a good enough um, or a good uh, uh, percentage of them are are eating perfectly fine. Like I'm, I want to say ninety seven percent of the babies that hatch eat with with what I do in terms of scenting and right. And, it is weird to be like I'm going to add a whole other species. Just yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but like, but like, if you have Mex Mex, I was like, maybe that pushes you over the edge. We're yeah. like, yeah, whatever, or any Desert King, mm -hmm. maybe that would be the incentive to like, all right, I'll add a colony of whatever, yeah, just to like help out a percent of my what Mex Mex. I don't know. Yeah. Well, and I would also like, I would probably personally try. Um, so I actually feed the vast majority of my permanent resident hoggies um, reptilinks. Um, so I, I'm going to be ordering them anyway. I might actually try like iguana mini links um, mm -hmm. for them first before getting like a colony of hyper geckos. <laughs> All right. Can I tell you something? I got iguana frog. What's the other one? Rabbit or something that, mm -hmm. that you can get in micro. Mm -hmm. just for like weird corn snakes and i got uh -huh. an old juice this is why i know that i should lick it 
And even my like picky eaters didn't want to eat anything else. Most of them wouldn't eat it. They had to have already been on mice and then been convinced to eat it with like mouse scenting the links. Wow. I'm not saying they're bad. They're good. They're fine. But like <laughs> in terms of starting babies on it, if, to me it always felt like it wasn't it wasn't my favorite plan. I've actually had like better success like washing a pinky and then stuffing it into some other animal. Like a turducken. <laughs> and then you're just like stewing in that other animal. <laughs> which is delicious sounding. And so the pinky stops smelling like, you know, mouse urine or whatever. It just smells like the liver of a duck or whatever. And then you're like, <laughs> that's actually my favorite current technique. And then like the whole prey, like it's a chick or something. I feed it something else. But I'll yeah. like jam awkwardly <laughs> this chick with all these pinkies and then pop them out like little jelly beans and then feed that <laughs> that's been my like my current favorite because i've done <laughs> boiling and obviously braining is fine too because you should always if you have time brain or pop like poke holes in pinkies anyway because they digest them faster and easier because it's like half of the delay before them eating it's like they're breaking through the skin like they'll go through the butthole in the mouth, like the stomach acid. But if you put a couple of, you know, just jab them a little bit, they digest much faster. Yeah. So, <laughs> so like I'm already like half scenting anyway by doing that. But then you want it to smell like somebody's skanky liver, some chicken's liver. But all of the I haven't had very many hog noses, only a couple clutches. And they've all eaten fine. Without any scenting at all. Yeah, I yeah. mean, this girl's babies eat, um, like, like I said, the cut the pinky in half, and they eat first try. Um, actually, I just had a clutch of hers hatch not too long ago, and like less than a week after they hatched, I'm like, fuck it, I'll try it, um, <laughs> and and they ate. So, Have you ever tried I, not cutting it in half? Uh, yeah, and it definitely. A not as good of a response at least first time anyway okay sure after they've, after they've eaten once or twice on that then they'll they'll eat the whole one just fine so. okay every hog nose which isn't that many i've ever had i've just started mm -hmm. them on whole pinkies yeah and they've eaten them that's not yeah. that many <laughs> <laughs> but a lot of them but if that's works then it then it works i think the I do this year's stuff. I had to start on. Uh, they refused a frozen thawed, and I gave them a live day old pink. And they ate that, and then they ate frozen thawed the next week. Do you run rodent colonies, or I don't. I I've never really had an issue with them taking the frozen with cutting it. Um, well, yeah. Well, that's good to know. You don't need a colony. I feel like I need a colony. <laughs> There's all these <laughs> dumb animals. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I'm in a position at the moment where I can't like I don't really want to have uh, a rodent colony at the moment. Um, at some point in the future, probably. Um, just for quality control purposes, to be completely mm -hmm. honest. <laughs> but 
but yeah, uh, in terms of like absolutely necessary, no, you can order frozen. It's fine. Uh, at least for me, anyway, the way that I do it. Yeah. I mean, that's good to know. Because yeah. I, I feel like, and it's probably my fault too, like I'll get some of them that are like stuck on live, but I'm not trying to force them that hard to stay on frozen. <laughs> I'm like, okay, you didn't eat, whatever. Sprinkle pinkies everywhere. And so then like I have a bunch of live only eaters, but they, I really shouldn't. This isn't corn snakes, but okay. I'm too lazy to give a fuck. <laughs> I'm just like, you ate? That's great. Let's move on. There's 200 of you. <laughs> Holy <Yes>. fuck. <laughs> All right. Supplementation. Do you use uh, Bionate and what's the other one? The one well, the Library Echo people use. To be I I use uh, Rapashi Calcium Plus. Okay. One yeah with um, d3 yeah i mean it, I, I think so um and it's it's not all that often um it, honestly with babies i don't use it much at all um especially because you know like i feel like the mice are more than sufficient for growth and mm -hmm. development when they're babies. Um, I mainly use it for um, like the females, the adult females that are actually growing um, babies. And once in a while I'll, I'll throw it in there with juvenile and um, or dust it on with juvenile and uh, male hog noses. Um, but so with when they come from brumation, all the way through like the end of the double clutch, you would do every feeding, every other feeding? For the females, I would do probably every feeding just to make sure that they have enough calcium to and, mm -hmm. and other vitamins in order to grow healthy eggs. Um, when I do every other feeding um, or when I'm not as consistent with it, uh, they tend to have more windows in their eggs mm -hmm. and their shells are already enough like you want them to be <laughs> as uh, sturdy as possible in the end but yeah um so at least for the females i do it virtually every week or every feeding so for ball python people you put it on their butt or do you sprinkle it all over their whole body like you put the, it on the feeder's butt and <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how to gesture this correctly, but you know what I mean. <laughs> I don't know if there is a correct way to gesture that. <laughs> Do you take him by the butt and just really take him to town? You know what um, I mean? So, I mean, usually it's uh, like I have it um, in a like powdered sugar shaker. And, and Ooh, I, festive. That's yeah, fun. I, <laughs> it's like going to the fair and getting a fucking funnel cake with some fucking rapanti. <laughs> yeah, and it, it's usually just over like the top half of them. Um, like I said, uh, these guys are all basically on um, reptilinks, so there's not really a butt end or a nose end. I mean, the end you're not presenting first. I <laughs> yeah. guess that's my point. <laughs> um but when they when they were on mice i would i would actually um focus more on the head than the butt 
Um, but you know, in inevitably there were one or two that decided, no, I'm going to take it by butt first, whether mm-hmm. you like it or not. So, <laughs> well, when you like present a rodent, they'll like glob glob on like an amoeba to wherever. Sometimes, even if you're presenting the head, they're just like, Ugh. <laughs> and so then they'll like either position or just start to fold the feeder yeah. up like a yeah. weird sandwich. And then I'm like, I like, I do supplement, but I probably don't half of it's knocked off anyway. And it's like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Bless their hearts. Do you ever do eggs or do you do all reptilinks for adults? Um, so the, the reptilinks that I get are actually, um, they have quail eggs mixed in there. Oh, okay. Um, Eggs. Yeah. So um, so I mean, best of all worlds in the end. <laughs> Do you find but, it like economical enough or enough for me? Um, I mean, I just like I get the quail and frog blends, and you know, they're they're not as cheap as mice, but mm-hmm. I have the <laughs> the benefit in my mind of feeding them something that is a leaner prey item in general versus Mm -hmm. uh, feeding them those fatty mice. And I, I lost a girl not too long ago because she, um, I bought her as an adult and, you know, she was just too big and she had been, turns out that she had been kind of power fed when she was a baby and uh, she died from, organ failure just because she had way too much fat in her body so it's just like i would rather go with the leaner prey item feeders mm-hmm. they're more expensive did you that. ever get around to trying like whole quail um i i did with a couple of my um with my hoggies one girl got stuck on them for a little while <laughs> that's some good eating <laughs> yeah she loved um but yeah, uh, I did it when I was still um, feeding mice. I threw quail in periodically and they loved them. Um, but yeah, which is part of the reason why I got the quail and frog blend raptorlings because they just like those. Did you have um, any problems getting adults to switch to links? A couple of them, yeah. But, uh, you know, again, gross, but cutting what? <laughs> Cutting a, a pinky and then rubbing a bunch of guts on the link, and they end up taking it. <laughs> what and, size hogna? I know, like, so like a micro pinky or a micro link is supposed to be like a pinky mouse, but it kind of isn't because it's a little wider I, than it should be. So, do you wait till they're like two months old or something? I I actually I keep them on mice until they get to the point where they're capable of taking like the the. Um, the non-micro or mini links. Uh, no. Those I'm, are also- I'm bringing up the website so we can look. Because so, people probably don't even know what we're talking about. Now that I think about it. <laughs> <laughs> so it's still a relatively niche uh, company. Whoa, sure. <laughs> but uh, the, what is it? The alginate casing that they have on those micro and mini links is just such a pain in the ass to deal with. Uh that I just wait until they get up to the point where they're capable of taking them. Oh, yeah, because it's not like a real casing. It's like, I don't know. Like, it's like they put 
the, the alginate in the stuff and made a slurry and then formed up the slurry, but there's no real casing. It's just like a little bit tighter slop. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that makes any sense. She knows what yeah. I'm talking about. Nobody else does. <laughs> but like these, like, and some snakes can figure this out, but some snakes look at this and like, what are you putting near my face? So they need yeah. like a lot of scenting to be motivated. Yeah. And I mean, it, it helps to, um, with hog noses, I think because they're not constrictors. Um, Rawr. yeah. <laughs> I, I, though I would caution to not have the frog links, like the pure frog links as, uh, singular prey item as your staple prey item because uh it's only frog legs they don't actually include any organs or anything like that in mm -hmm. there. so it'd be nice if they like threw in some chicken livers and hearts and and like one quail but maybe that like changes the price proposition but yeah i don't know so all right new question if you what? had a baby who was lynx only I guess it wouldn't be a baby anymore because you don't do it when it's on alginate. I was just wondering if they would sell for more money if you were like, this one eats leeks, beautiful girl who wants flowers in her cage. And it's, <laughs> it doesn't even look like it's like dog food. <laughs> um, I, I generally, when a hog nose is stuck on something other than uh, it's other than unscented mice, um, they're being sold for slightly less, if not pet only. Um, because mm -hmm. the industry standard is unscented, frozen thawed pinkies. So, um, <sighs> I hear you. I just, I don't know if I like that. It was just weird. Why? I don't know. Because, <laughs> like, there's a lot of species where they're just born and they just want to eat live, like Kenyan Sambos or whatever. Mm -hmm. So, we expect those pet people to accommodate that animal's needs why can't we have pet people accommodate hognose needs is what i'm getting at is it fair yeah yeah well and it, then you also look at like uh eastern hognoses for example um if you can find someone that breeds them, the vast majority of the time they're being sold like, yeah, eating well on Reptilinx um, <laughs> because they're even more specific with their prey items in terms of right. like, they're almost exclusively toad eaters in the wild. Um, whereas Westerns will take a bird or a rodent when they get the opportunity. So, you know, why are we insisting on having them be mice? I don't know. Right. It, it can be, I, I would just like, obviously like I want people to know what they're buying, mm -hmm. but I'm, I'm not convinced they should be punished price wise for being the way they're supposed to be in the wild. I just like, I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I don't know. That's all. I'm being a crybaby. <laughs> Well, and it's funny too, like um, I, I saw one posting not too long ago where it was uh, a hog nose that was uh, refusing to switch off of sardine scented um, mice and, and the breeder was just like, not only will I send the snake to you, I will send him to you with a can of the sardine that he's currently 
eating. <laughs> right, that, that hog could switch next week. It's not yeah. a bad hog. Maybe it yeah. shouldn't be bred because it, it's really picky. But like, yeah. maybe not. Like I've I thought, like in one clutch that that clutch of Japanese red snakes was too picky for bird scent. The mm -hmm. same pair bred the next year. None of them needed bird scent to start. So it was me fucking up somehow. Like the room was, the mood lighting was not right. So like <laughs> if, if that snake had been born in a slightly different situation, slightly different epigenetic changes or whatever, maybe it's not even heritable. Maybe it's just, environment it's more on the environmental side although there is like heritability to like dietary preferences because we've seen clutches where they're all picky and it's consistent what, mm -hmm. what gets me weird is like when it's not consistent then you're like i don't know if these should be discounted because they or i could keep them until they're ready but like yeah i'm just not sure if if it's fair like you know the people that like force feed uh Kandoya. We were mm -hmm. talking about this on the the Stiggy and Exotics episode. Kandoya, instead of allowing them to eat anoles or whatever. And they're like, I've been force feeding it for a year. Uh, as like them doing it correctly, and so they should be priced correctly. It's like Yeah. But why don't you just feed it? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> or whatever. I just feed it what it wants. Yeah, and then and then it'll because that they just onto genetically they just mature onto warm blooded food anyway. It doesn't need to be discounted and, and or tortured. It just eats and it grows and then it will get better. Yeah, but the pet market is weird. I I, I get it. They're yes. the weirdest people. I can't have anything live ever. <laughs> And it, it's it's one of those things too. It's like I I appreciate the need for um, uh, live feedings to you know actually get them eating and what have you. But uh, you know I don't expect every breeder to switch them over to frozen thawed um, when they're first you know offering them up for sale. Mm -hmm. But you know like. I've also encountered a lot of people that insist, for example, with ball pythons that like you should never have them on frozen thought because live is always right. better. Yeah. Like, mm. <laughs> right. Live is convenient for you. Yeah. Not yeah. really better necessarily. It's like there, there's a difference between getting a baby eating and what is actually better for the animal throughout its entire life. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah. Anyway, uh, Banana Moore <laughs> says we tried uh, Reptilinks with our boa, corn, and BP, and no one take them. Yeah, a lot of the ones that need like a heat signature are like the mm -hmm. fuck. Even if you kind of warm it up, they're like that's not. Yeah, that God is not in this building right now because I don't know what the fuck is walking up to me. <laughs> it's not a living thing. And Chris Burns says my hog finally ate his first unscented piggy last night. Was sold to me as established on the unscented frozen salt piggies. It was also sold to me as a female, and it's a male. Yikes. So, yeah. Um, that's another thing that I always caution people about. Um, uh, you know, going back to like what we were talking about with people uh, might deem the babies just too much 
to deal with after having one clutch or what have you. I've also met people that have bought a baby and with the intention of breeding it when it grows up and then just giving up after a time because the baby itself is um, too high maintenance. Um, but yeah, in terms of like sold to you as a female, but it's a male, that's kind of a... <sighs> It's a red flag about the braider, in my opinion, because hog noses are one of the easiest snakes to sex, especially when calling them or being able to tell a male. Sometimes females can hide it a little bit better and you might sell a, a female as a male, but you shouldn't like uh, there's no way that you would be looking at a, a tail of a hog nose male and think that it's female, <laughs> you know? <laughs> Have you ever had an intersex hog nose? Me personally? No, no. Have you? No, but I've heard about them like giant, uh -huh. giant, weird females, giant males that never breed or all they slugs. Yeah. They might not have like, you know, multiple sex organs, but mm -hmm. they're literally like hormonally misbalanced. So they'll be like giant tailed females that are also just giant, have, <laughs> like chromosome problems. Oh my gosh. Well, and that could explain it. Like I, I saw, I was at Tinley earlier this month and there was a guy with a 700 gram female Hognose? Yeah. Part anaconda. <laughs> like <laughs> not not the morph. The <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like I, it's a hybrid hognose anaconda. <laughs> yeah. But I like I'm looking at her and just being like, man, that snake is not gonna make it past five or six years old. <laughs> like <laughs> but yeah, that might explain it she might have been an intersex in that case of just that ridiculously giant yeah hog noses are weird yeah i mean all the snakes are weird and <laughs> and people also it's fine I mean, there's a spectrum here <laughs> but i've definitely seen like a corn snake that will pop hemi peens but lay slugs so i've seen intersex corn snakes and I've heard about it in Crescent Geckos, but I've heard about it the most as rumors and hognoses. Like they're like half intersex half the time, which I, I I haven't seen that many, but I just hear about it constantly. They're like, don't buy adults because there'll be the females that are like hot, that run hot or like run like males and will try to breed males. Like the, it happens in mice a lot. And you're like, damn, <laughs> it's dangerous buying adults. <laughs> Yeah, I've I've never had that issue, um, but you know, it might actually be kind of interesting to see. Uh, you know, I mean, I don't really buy adults anymore. I buy babies, but yeah, you know, who knows? Like, if you know, one of my males ends up being intersex or something like that, it's just like what? <laughs> but, yeah, hog guys um, are weird, weirder than I think people give them credit for. Have you ever had a hog get sent to you with crypto? Do you want to talk about that? Um, I have not had a hog get sent to me with crypto, luckily. Um, in, in terms of like 
I am especially now pretty specific about who I buy from. <laughs> like we were talking about um, Junior earlier. He has one of the best, uh, you know, quarantine programs uh, or like um, virus uh, protection programs in, in the industry, probably. Like it's basically if he brings a snake in, it goes into quarantine and it never leaves. <laughs> if he <laughs> wants to pair that snake up, then with something that he produced then that the one that he produced goes into quarantine with the with the new snake and then it never leaves <laughs> i think so, people get that about the hoggers market is like the top four dudes or dudettes almost exclusively buy from each other mm -hmm. and then everybody buys from them and so to break in not to like a pet sale but to like the high-end breeder market you have to sort of prove mm -hmm. your biosecurity clout in in a lot of ways yeah so there's a lot of like low-key flexing gloves on morph market where they're holding <laughs> the snake with gloves you can tell they're flexing yeah <laughs> they didn't have to do that they could have put the snake down at the deli and taken a picture <laughs> they're doing it with gloves on purpose for flexing purposes in my mm -hmm. opinion and i'm so then so then it's just like if you weren't testing all the time or doing that and you were like very high end who that's like a hog nose person will buy from you if yeah. they don't trust your biosecurity, if they're that psycho about it, because they know how bad crypto can be hypothetically. So that's yeah. something to keep in mind as you're like growing up. You can obviously sell to pet people because they don't know any better. They're dumb. <laughs> <laughs> well, but, and I mean, one of, one of the issues too is like, you know, like you said, in terms of testing all the time, um, it, you know, you can test a baby or a, a new snake once and it could be just that you missed the follicles that time and they can test ne negative and then they'll have a oh, flare this. And yeah, Not or, sorry, sorry. Um, yeah, my bad. Ooh, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, you could miss it one time and then they can have a flare up and you get it the next time. So it, it's just good thing about hoggies is that it's not vertically transmissible because of um, them like eggs. eggs versus. Right. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I, I keep my eggs and babies separate from the adults um, in order to, like even if I missed something, you know, the babies that I'm selling are not actually, you know, coming in yeah. contact with anything. So that's yeah. like the easiest first step <laughs> is like some some kind of separation between your adults and your babies and and every species. Yeah, there's obviously vertical transmission in arena and sunshine and some other stuff, but like that's step one, everybody. It's like the easiest thing. And then step two is like wear gloves as much as you can tolerate. And then step three would be whatever. But uh, since a lot of people are getting in and buying in hognoses, like you might as well just start slapping them with some tests. I mm -hmm. think you know, you're not going to know for sure, but it's yeah. $20. Like ugh, you're going to spend $4,000 on a super Arctic sable fucking blue thing. And you don't want to spend $20. Come yeah. on. Absolutely. Right. People it's, are dumb. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm not know, kidding. <laughs> now, it can't hurt 
um, to do the crypto test in the end. And, you know, it gives you better understanding of where you're at at the very least. And then, you know, obviously, like you said, you know, keep, especially if you're breeding, keep the babies away from the adults. <laughs> <laughs> Number one. Right. Cause even if something bad happens mm-hmm. or a fucking fire, I don't know. Like the oh. rack goes down. You mm-hmm. want like multiple firewalls pun kind of intended between portions <laughs> of your collection right like absolutely like, if my snake shack catches on fire today that would suck but i have the babies in the house or mm-hmm. whatever or if it's in one room or the other room or whatever so like you gotta build stuff like that in all right what's your uh tricolor game going like these days how do you feel about oh. them do you think they're weird fun uh both no they're they're great i i have a pair that i'm raising up um they put these guys to shame for their digging like um if if i didn't dig them up to feed them i would never see them um (laughs) uh it's so weird too because they don't have the the keeled scales that westerns do so um like handling a hog nose that is very similar in terms of the way that they move but without the <laughs> keeled scales is just strange um, <laughs> but yeah they're they're awesome little snakes um i'm trying to grow them as slow as possible but they're like ridiculously fast growing and uh you know i'm actually a little bit surprised that my female hasn't given me random slugs <laughs> in enclosure yet <laughs> But, yeah, I think there's some snakes you can't keep from doing their thing. Like they're, yeah. unless you put them in brumation, as brumationy as you can get away with with that species. But you know what I mean. Like they're well, just I mean, like so- I want to fuck now, yeah. and then they do it six mm-hmm. times a year or whatever nonsense they do. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, and I mean it's hell you're keeping them at a lower temperature uh than westerns to begin with so i mean (laughs) brumation is brumation um (laughs) right yeah and they're just i i don't know what their lifespan should be i know some people have reported ones that are 15 years or whatever but that sort of propensity to just blast offspring just implies that they don't necessarily want to live that long yeah, yeah yeah i mean you do get like um i've got ho- house snakes for example that um they live longer but it's still not like crazy long but they will you pair them up once and the females will produce four clutches of eggs in a year <laughs> yeah. is there enough like i guess that's the next question is there enough pet market to absorb somebody being like i'm just gonna breed the shit out of house snakes or the shit out of tricolors like even if you had a couple of pairs all of a sudden you have a hundred babies yeah like that yeah i i think um again house snakes i think as well are kind of an emerging market like people are starting to kind of realize what they are um outside of you know reptile people um 
but and tricolors uh because they're sort of riding the wave of western hognoses in terms of um, popularity but there's also an issue with uh tricolors i think in that uh, people think that you're keeping them the same way as westerns like they see Hog that's morph market's fault because they sort <laughs> all yeah. the hog noses together in well, a way I mean, that like implies that they're like morphs of westerns you know what i mean like when you come in even though it has whatever xenodon whatever mm -hmm. it's all sorted when you first come in so you're like oh is that a new hog nose morph like a new person might not know any better right it, it's it's possible um and i mean i definitely think that it's it's also because like i've seen stuff online where it it's supposed to be like a tricolor hognose care guide or whatever and it's just basically copy pasted from a western hognose care guide and it's just like that's not right <laughs> um you know they, they need higher humidity they need lower temperatures like i mean it's uh, i think that's part of the issue with tricolors and also why they might possibly be living uh shorter lifespans mm -hmm. Sure. Yeah, I don't have any. I I like the way they look. I think they're just like a good looking snake. And because like have you seen the, the like the pink ones in Europe? I haven't yet. Um, but like somebody's been selectively breeding them because they have a trillion babies really fast, so they have like pink <laughs> phase. <laughs> All so right. you can get like the hypo E, which is cool, or you get the stripes white or yellow. Or, and then like the main stripe, red or orange, but they got pink ones. And I'm like, bitch, please sign me up because like <laughs> we can like selectively breed, you know, all because they breed so fast or like a gecko. But then like, I'm like, is it ethical to give someone a pet person, a female? What is she going to do? Is she going to slug out every four months and stress that pet person out? Is that ethical? Yeah. Yeah. I don't even know. I don't think it is. Probably. It's like giving somebody a bearded dragon who hasn't been spayed. Mm -hmm. She yeah. could be fine, but she could go septic also, like right away, because <laughs> she wants to breed so bad. Well, and I mean, uh, that's that's one thing when I'm at expos and people are looking for their first pet hognose or something like that, I'm like, I honestly um, would recommend males over females because I mean they're not as notorious for that as tricolors are, but I've I've had hog noses that randomly slug out on me, and it's mm -hmm. like uh, you know what's a pet person gonna do if their pet hog nose is suddenly egg bound and they have no idea what's going on, <laughs> you know? <laughs> right. And so like even though males are pickier feeding wise maybe in the spring or the winter or whatever yeah. they get like, amorous mm -hmm. but the liability of the potential vet visit because you're not a breeder to me yeah. all day it's the same way with corn snakes like most female corn snakes don't slug out but a lot of them just do because they yeah. just got a little bit cold enough your room got a little cold I, like your window was looking at it just right and then like I bet I should have babies and they just do it and they usually pass the slugs fine, but yeah, you're not going to know what the hell you're doing. You're just like a fun pet person. Well, and it's it also, you know, with corn snakes, they're 
their range is so huge as well. But hog, Western hognoses, their range is all the way from Texas to Southern Canada. So, like, you know, if you've got a female whose lineage is more focused in the the Texas aspect of things, like maybe she's not gonna need to brewmate. Oh my god. I mean, I live to... in hog territory right now. <laughs> I'm yeah. telling you, they, I'm sure, because it's like 80 degrees for two weeks, the middle of January. I'm sure they come out, look around, get, get some water, go back to the hypernacula, run mm -hmm. around. I haven't, like, like you're looking at iNaturalists, people don't usually see them until, you know, March or April or whatever, but you know they're running around having fun, part, yeah. warming up, getting drinks. Yeah, fucking. They're probably fucking. Let's just be honest. All winter, because they're you know they're warming up. The ground is not cold here at all. I can barely broom at anything. The ground is hot and sexy, <laughs> and I am convinced that they're they're pro. They could, they if they had enough food, the temperatures are such that they could easily double clutch here. Like if they were yeah. somewhere good, it's yeah. not like it's like a, a bad spot or something. It's plenty warm and there's too much fucking. Is what I'm saying. I. Well, and I mean, I've got I've got four females that I don't need to brewmate. Um, I just they're, they're like the oh, okay. Here's a dumb question. My understanding is most Western hognoses in captivity, not all of them, but a lot of them were, you know, caught in Texas because Texas has the most long term collection legality, or it was yeah. legal the whole time. Is it, do you, do you agree it. with that statement or am I making shit up? It's uh, still legal now. Like you can collect legally in Texas now. Yeah. I mean, I, uh, I don't know for certain, but it sounds. So they're into fucking is what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I just, I didn't sleep very much. The skunk <laughs> smell is still in my nose. It's been an hour and 10 minutes. <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, help. Like I said, this girl's her second or technically her third clutch of the year just hatched. She randomly ovulated for me. That's a lot of babies. Yeah, well, she she doesn't actually have all, like she'll have smaller clutches, but they're bigger eggs. Um, but like uh, she randomly ovulated in uh, November of 2022 and had her first clutch of this year like november they of 2022 november yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're so dumb yeah it's fine i'm not making fun of your snake i she's a good snake <laughs> i just love that they're like whatever yeah gonna do it right now <laughs> yeah and then right. she uh, she later clutched they hatched in like february and then, uh, and then she randomly ovulated again in September of this year. <laughs> and okay. yeah, All right, more cool. so I mean, it, like you just some of them you just have to keep an eye on and and be able to like palpate well enough to tell whether or not the shed that they just went through is them ovulating or just shedding. <laughs> yeah, I'm assuming you can feel follicles. Like you can, and I guess I felt it in the hognose too. But like, you really just feel them. You can count them because it's like it's not like a ball python where you're like having to like dig in there and like feel them. Mm -hmm. It's like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, 
Okay, and you might be off by like one, but it's like super obvious that they. Oh yeah, yeah. It's oh, like yeah. anal beads, but inside <laughs> of your snake. Basically. <laughs> yeah, and so and sometimes if you let them go and don't breed them, they'll just reabsorb the follicles. But sometimes they'll slug them out. So like, I still would rather have, you know, viable babies and slugs because slugs are hard to get mm-hmm. out. Well, and I mean, uh, one of my. One of my girls that's gravid right now. Um, I I think I missed an ovulation from her last year, and because she shed right before she went down for brumation, put her down in brumation, and then she suddenly lost a bunch of weight, like more mm-hmm. than she should. And she ate but, them. Uh, I I think she didn't lay them, but I think that she just reabsorbed. Okay. Yeah. So it's like kind of eaten them too. <laughs> 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 yeah my Japanese red snake ovulated in October last year and March and she should not because it's like a very northern climate species she should not do that also that's why I was like maybe she will this year I don't fucking know but okay. they're obviously like I don't know very very uh, it's fine right sometimes it's fine sometimes they just do what they're going to do you just got to watch them and you know don't let them get egg bound is what i'm saying yeah so yeah. do you brumate in batches to change when the when babies do happen on purpose or whatever um as of right now not particularly cuz um i've really only got like i said i've got four females that just ovulate when they feel like it and um I've got another four down in brumation right now. So, I mean, when I, what was it? 2025's breeding season, I should have more females breeding. So at that point, I'm definitely going to be spacing them out by a month or two. Um, mm-hmm. You know, when I'm brumating, just to make sure that I'm not hammered by 200 babies all at once. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it'd be nice if like, I don't know. Like right now, I've, I have... I'm making weird noises. Twenty. <laughs> I had twenty or so female corn snakes go, but a bunch of them were unbrumated babies. So like, not babies, but like sub adults. So they like decided to ovulate and like fuck it. But they all chose a different month, so it spread it out naturally. Yeah. This coming year, I have forty female ish colubrids. So corn snakes and everything else. Yeah. So I'm like. Is that a mistake to permit them all at the same time? Oh, I, I definitely yes, it is. I definitely space out too. Like, um, I put the king snakes down um, after the hog noses, so you know they they have a they also get a slightly longer brumation than the hog noses do. Um, mm-hmm. So I have a decent, you know, I can get the hog noses settled and eating and into a routine, and then I get the king snakes versus having you know 18 or not 18 but multiple different species that i have to deal with all at once you know mm-hmm. um, it, these are good tips for people that are like trying to figure out how to do their room because some hognose people will do a quarter like they have a lot of hogs a quarter of their collection brumating every you know season so like mm-hmm. They put them in refrigerators and like, bye. 
Yeah. These 200 females are going in in the middle of the summer and that's their brumation. <laughs> and so yeah. they're like spacing it out. I mean, it, well, once you get to that point where you feel you need to space them out like that, that's probably the best way. And um, I mean, other than that, like you want to have their brumation area as dark as possible and you want to have their regular living quarters as consistent as possible in terms of lighting and what have you because that's probably the biggest um cue that they go off of is light cycles and food cycles versus temperature cycles so like mm -hmm. if you basically keep their uh regular living quarters as consistent as possible with temperature and lighting and what have you throughout the year then you can pretty well um control it unless you get random ones where they just do what they're going to do no matter what you <laughs> no matter what you want <laughs> so yeah I don't, I don't i don't trust any of them <laughs> any colubrid frankly all right let's go through i don't know some random morphs Okay. Like, and it can be it, you can do anything be like it's ugly and i think the market is stupid or i love it and it's got a great combos whatever whatever your like assessment is we're just like a rapid fire albino um good entry level. <laughs> i don't think that it's, <laughs> i don't th i don't think albinos are stupid and um i think they're a good like entry level morph for somebody that wants something other than the normals what about um, bad eyeball albinos? Do you think they're stupid? So, yeah, the albinos, you run the risk of uh, bug eyes and like snub faces more often than not. Um, they can be very cute for pets, but you probably shouldn't, be, you definitely shouldn't be breeding. I'm just showing um, pictures of albinos. I'm not like trying to yeah, look for something, but you can keep it. I, I will say that me personally, I much prefer having albinos that are either extreme red line or purple line um, albinos. The purple lines are ex exceptionally pretty. Look, there he is. Man of the hour. All right. Well, I since we're talking about it, uh, polygenic red, not of a particular line, but just the idea. Is it hot uh, or not? I like them. Um I, I would say that it, there's enough of a variation where I, especially when it comes to extreme red, um, there's enough of a variation where I think that people are taking a little bit too much liberty calling um, mm -hmm. this just, thing. Just say it. Just say it. Yeah. <laughs> Not that they're dumb, but it could be from that lineage. But it yeah. doesn't have the phenotype that is typified by the name. So you can say from extreme red, but shows zero red and is actually brown. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so like it's not an extreme red. So, but I'm going to tell you what the lineage is in the description. Exactly. Right? exactly. That's why like I've I've got red line stuff where like their dad is an extreme red, but you know, there's okay. no guarantee. New question. Do What's you up? think red is? Obviously, it's polygenic, but do you think red as a color is recessive-ish to brown or tan as a color? Like, like if there was no red lineage in the brown parent and it bred to a red, all the babies would be mostly brownie 
little bit red, and then they, you can get it back in the the cross back. Um, I think that uh, uh, I think that red is prominent enough that um, you think they, it's like a true polygenic where it like mixes perfectly. Uh, kind of yeah. Um, because okay. you can like there's for normal coloration babies that are coming from like an extreme red parent um they are more rough colored like 90 okay. percent of the time um you get about 10 percent that end up just looking completely and totally normal um but the vast majority of them end up with that like brick sort of darker coloration um like i mean again Pointing out this girl, uh, she she is a purple line, um, so obviously she's het for albino. But like in person, you can see a definite difference in the coloration of her um, of her spots uh, mm -hmm. in terms of like a, a more saturated red content than um, than a, a regular normal would be. Blazing Blue Tongue says, in skink, some lines are that strong. Right. Like if it's been line bred enough that the homozygosity is really high, you mm -hmm. get a good mix on an F1 outcross. Exactly. But there's some stuff in corn snakes where like it's polygenic-ish. Yeah. Like, like that trait. Like if I breed a giant bordered animal to a zero border animal, you don't get like a... a bell curve distribution of borderness you don't get a some way bordered some medium bordered you almost get mostly no no border it's like okay. it's recessive but if you bred <laughs> it back you would get more border okay but some things are like just like that like base yeah. color it's so like a gray base plus a red base equals a almost a perfect brown base <laughs> yeah. it's like perfectly mixed um right, cool. i i think that might be more or like the whole um, acts more like a recessive might be a little bit more applicable to like lemon ghost. In okay, do you have lemon ghost? Um, or do you work that? Are you like I, I hot have, or not? Hot or not? <laughs> <laughs> Me personally, I would say not. Um, Whoa! Shots fired. <laughs> um, I, I have a lemon ghost girl that is a really pale lemon ghost that I love and she does make some really pretty babies but um, I think that it gets the morph gets watered down way too easily um, when it's mm -hmm. outcropped and um, you get some really really intense. So if Junior came on here and he wanted to fight and he was like well you never bred a pure <laughs> lemon ghost. I do then, you think he's correct, or do you want to fight him? Just, I'm kidding. Everybody loves you. You're so, I'm just kidding. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just trying to get some hog drama at no, the end here. I mean, everyone has their their preferences, right? I mean, um, he also really likes leucistic morphognoses. I don't personally. They got um, pink cheeks sometimes. Sometimes, it's yeah. Cute. If that happened every time, I'd pay a lot. It's kawaii as fuck, dude. <laughs> like, uh, you know, they're like Sundari too. They're like, I get that off of my super arctic and sable morphs. Oh, uh, so. yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> no, I just, Senpai, I, don't... I don't love you. 
I'm sorry. I can't stop. <laughs> I just, I, I love the pattern on hog noses way too much to get into leucistics. I just. That's but what... whenever it hits $500, which it probably looks like it's about to hit in the next year. <laughs> but I think uh, dumb pet people will love it for uh, like that price point. They're like, yeah, it's mine. I'm dumb. It's a, it's a bell. Yeah. I, pet people, you're not dumb. I love you. Stop it. I'm just saying like. <laughs> <laughs> like sensors so junior did say that like the super arctic lucy's have like iridophore patches i don't know if you heard that yeah Do you uh, care about that as a hognose breeder we were like i want a white snake with like clear patches no you don't have to care but he cares it's fine like people will probably breed for it i i think that that might be I think a lot of what he's doing and other people that are like crossbreeding leucistic with other things is, is trying to find a combination that is pied in looks. Oh. Um, and I, I think that's what a lot of them are trying to do. Um, and yeah, I mean, I think that's a cool first step towards trying to figure out if we can make like, a more pied looking hognose snake. Um, but I think we're a little ways from that. <laughs> yeah, I don't think that's ever gonna happen on yeah. that team. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, it's like yeah. saying, like, I'm gonna pied a Texas Lucy rat snake. Yeah. You know, you need the gene, which is like pied side or white sided. Mm -hmm. And then that's your pied. Like you can yeah. tell what genes they are based on the genes that are in other colubrids. Mm -hmm. So, like, I'm not going to try to pie to palmetto, even though it's, like, closer. Yeah. Pie to pie side to me. I don't yeah. know. Okay. That's it. I mean, what are they now? 3000 bucks or something? Yeah. Which, I mean, hell, just last year they were going for, like, seven, ten, something like that for a full visual. So, it's going to Real quick. <laughs> I mean, I was on the like Facebook hog group watching them complain about it, but I'm like, there's no it's combo potential per se. It's simple recessive. You can make a hundred babies really quickly. Yeah. So, like, yeah. It's a single recessive gene. Like you can't expect it to retain a fucking seven thousand dollar price tag for more than a couple of years, you know? <laughs> yeah. I I think it'll do fine though if people are like, I just want to breed it for fun. It's a five hundred dollar price point uh, for yeah. forever, like indefinitely. Just I don't know what you do with it after that. <laughs> uh, yeah. Since we talked about it, Arctic and Super Arctic, how, how do you feel about uh, those ones? I I love them. Um, Loves them. Strong uh, praise. <laughs> um, especially Super Arctic. Arctic can be a bitch to call when you're um looking at at babies i don't know anything and i own it like, <laughs> i don't know it's, what this is uh i i will say this too i have probably sold one or two uh arctic babies that i didn't call as arctic just because they were low expression enough that i couldn't guarantee it um like i mean you <sighs> there are definitely ones that are higher expression that like you put them side by side with their normal clutch mates and you can tell immediately. Um, they got the, the lighter background coloration. There's more, there's like that outline, um, like a 
sort of dark brown or black outline around the spots. Um, there's like a blushing that goes generally um, into the spots. Um, and especially the outlining around the head stamp is a big thing to look at. Uh, but again, oh, and a lot of them tend to have um, more black in their bellies versus the the mm -hmm. all checkering. Um, not, you know, Conda, <laughs> where it's completely black, but they tend to have more black in their bellies. Um, but yeah, again, like, unless a baby is born from a super Arctic parent, if they're low expression, I'm not calling it an Arctic um, and I'm selling it as a normal. Uh, yeah, like the female Arctic price is very close to just a female normal head albino price or something. Like it's getting close enough that it's almost like fine now. It's like, oh, well, whatever. Yeah. It's just and like on a high end pairing, it's it's got to incentivize using supers on purpose. Yeah, for and sure. Like, with intentionality <laughs> right and i mean um like i like for example i just got a um super arctic hat sable boy you know mm -hmm. I, I want to be sure that every single baby in that clutch is arctic so that i'm not trying to figure out whether this sable is arctic or not <laughs> is the yeah. super arctic sable which i don't even know what it's called right now your favorite um I wouldn't say that's my favorite. What's um, your favorite? I would probably go with... Um, Does that one have a name yet? To what? Does Super Arctic Sable have a name yet? I don't think so. Okay. Honestly. I don't know. There's a lot uh, of very similar, you know, like Purple People Eater. <laughs> uh <-huh. laughs> like they're almost the same idea. Yeah. Yeah. Favorite. Uh favorite morph probably probably i like if i had unlimited money um super arctic lavenders are really pretty right now um what is that moon dust moon glow moonstone one of those moon <laughs> is one copy of arctic right and moon yeah. is two am Stump. i making that up <laughs> i think so Moons yeah, they're the nice. <laughs> yeah, I, that's why I bought my uh, allegedly bought. I don't own any Western hog noses. Um, <laughs> uh, Arctic Lab male was to make moonstone combos because I thought they were my favorite from yeah. the beginning. They're just like purple. Fuck, fuck it. You yes. know? <laughs> <laughs> what, what? I don't know. Lavender's always been like my one of my favorite morphs in every species that it occurs in, except for in ball pythons for some reason. Does that make me weird? No, I think the lavender in ball pythons doesn't look like lavender looks in colubrids. Like it looks like an albino. Yeah, um, I mean, I've only really seen pictures of them, but I haven't. Uh... It looks like shit. Don't buy it. Don't buy it. <laughs> 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 I'm kidding. I love it. <laughs> um, is there a picture of one? I'm trying to like uh, help the children. Uh, Junior may have sold them all. I was about to say, like, I think he's probably the one to look at if. Uh, 
There's Moon Dust. Ah, Moon Dust is single. <laughs> right. Dust and Stone. Dust and Stone. All right. Um, yeah, so I have this, but you basically can't tell <laughs> in any offspring. Like, in the, like, even this one. Like, I guess if you had siblings, you'd be like, yeah, this one's lighter or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But And I sort of see that line on the top. But some of them, you're like, I don't fucking know. Well, and it, especially when it comes to taking pictures of lavender arctics, like, it's virtually impossible. <laughs> it's impossible to get the proper coloring just with lavenders, let alone with arctics when you're taking Especially when they're, like, in between, they're, like, baby pink brown phase, and they're just, like, it's a snake. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna draw it. It's a vague representation. All right. Well, we're talking about lavenders. What do you think about lavenders? Hot or not? I think they're hot. Um, there, there are some issues with uh, with breeding them. Um, like uh, there have been a there has been a decent amount of inbreeding. So a lot of times you get issues with uh, fertility and hatch rates if you breed a lavender to a lavender. Um, so breeding visual to hat or hat to hat is is a lot of times better for um getting viable babies so that's, that's can great. i just say something what the and i mean right so you don't have to listen to me okay but i just disagree <laughs> okay <laughs> okay i've heard that too but i need it but the it doesn't make any sense to me in my brain okay, okay? and i'll tell you why and you can re re refute it or i don't know whatever i'll have a vigorous debate or not <laughs> because they, they say the same thing about call albino and, and eyeball problems, right? Like never breed a call to a call because you'll get too many eyeball problems. Well, the reason why you get problems is because you, you just have more call albinos hit in that clutch. Mm -hmm. So it's not necessarily like you're not going to do better. You're just going to get less visuals that have the problem. So like okay. if you bred a female who always lays slugs to a lavender male, like a lavender lavender, maybe she just will always lay slugs no matter who she breeds to. And you just think, or like the male always throws slugs. And that's the inbreeding depression part. It's not actually like, like the, the genes are separate. Mm -hmm. But I, I mean, this is a snake discovery fact. Let me just put it out there. She <laughs> said that. I'm just like, it's a little bit more nuanced than that. Like mm -hmm. if a female is laying slugs with a male who's not who's so inbred that he's throwing sperm outcrossing to something that's not him, will of course probably bring in sperm that's good. Yeah. Mm, yeah. That's what that's my point. It's not necessarily like lavender, lavender is bad. It could be bad because there's other stuff going on. Yeah, and I mean there's there's a lot of like, you know, just how removed are like Say I have, um, you know, I produced a, 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 it was a double head coral, the double head coral clutch this year. Um, she had amazing um, uh, viability with the eggs, but it could just be because of the fact that the two of them are about as far removed as possible in terms of. of right. Um, they were like very outcross to begin with yeah yeah exactly so right so like if there's other deleterious alleles that happen to be in lavender stock 
doing a head tet means that they're like highly outcrossed. But if you had highly outcrossed lavenders, I don't have any reason to say like lavender lavender is a bad cross if they're just not already inbred. Yeah, I guess is my point. Well, and then there's also the argument of like we should be breeding more lavender to lavender pairings in order to narrow down which ones are skanky well and and to you know if you're having issues with those babies uh thriving then you know the few that survive in those clutches are possibly better than <sighs> to pass on and what have you maybe but, but definitely another- it's, it's lavender it's not like another deleterious allele that and that you're now like making even more homozygous in that yeah that's the question right because like we all in corn snakes used to think lavender kinked okay like all the time like fucking lavender's kink and so they're like well i guess lavender's kink and but we have like true bleeding lines fifth generation lavenders that don't kink anymore so what changed it the gene didn't change it's just the polygenics around it changed as it was outcrossed and then selectively bred. So I think, I think the advice to breed head to head or head to visual only is it coming from a good spot, but it needs to be like couched in the argument that you're still supposed to be doing a selective breeding project with careful outcrossing. And if a pair, if a male throws slugs, he probably throws slugs with everybody. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> male, like that part's easy. But test the female or whatever. Mm-hmm. And if she has shitty babies that don't eat, bye, bitch. Yeah. See you yeah. later. Yeah. So. All right. Let's keep going. Hot or not. We're kind of running out of time. Uh, <laughs> uh, let's do some like spicy ones. Okay. RBE pastel. Uh, not. <laughs> A burn. Uh, does it's, it change enough of the phenotype to, to matter? Go. That's my thing. Like, I, uh, I've i seen one or two that it was like, wow, that's a really pretty snake. Mm-hmm. But other than that, like, it's an enhancer gene. And it, like, I want to say 70% of the ones that I see with that gene aren't really enhancing much. Um, <laughs> so I heard it was, they decided it was polygenic recently. Uh, yeah. Also maybe maybe uh, yeah i mean i've i've leave a comment in the chat if you think it's polygenic or <laughs> monogenic and i mean like i said some of them look really pretty but i'm not gonna be uh especially because of the fact that we have no idea whether or not it's <laughs> polygenic or <laughs> or dominant or <laughs> what you know i mean it's just it there's way too much especially when there's other hypotypes that are monogenic and doing a kind of a similar thing better mm-hmm. yeah exactly uh yeah yeah it's uh, fine i people go go have fun but like i just i don't know and especially for- especially if you're buying as a pet like if you see a really pretty one like absolutely snap it up because they can be very very pretty but as a breeder like i'm not so, <laughs> okay uh okay. spicy question do you think swiss chocolate looks different enough from sable to 
be the next big thing. I know they look different, like darker, in general, darker heads, but like, yeah. is it enough new, different to start a new morph craze when we have Sable already? I personally don't think so. Um, I think, I think it inevitably will kind of, um, but it, I, I don't think it brings enough to the table in terms of combos. Um, it looks different enough on its own uh, that it's something that people will want in the future. But at, you know, I think the first ones just got imported into the U S and uh, we're selling for multiple thousands of dollars. So it's going to be a little bit, mm-hmm. um, but I mean, I just, I personally don't think that it's going to upstage Sable all that quickly. Um, but yeah, I would fast forward like five, 10 years down the line. There's going to be a lot of combos with it because people are going to. It but... sounds delicious. Yes. Yes. <laughs> the benefit there. The marketing benefit. Well, and it's also, I have to admit, it's kind of cool. They've also, they kind of have like a, a blackhead python sort of look. To them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Especially got... if you like got like a, I don't know, a lemon ghosty looking tigery looking mm-hmm. Swiss chocolate. You could make a little blackhead thing. Yeah, basically. On a hog body with a hog attitude. <laughs> I mean there's a there's a there's a project there, right? There you go. All right. We did it. Uh thank you. Thank uh, you. I don't know why you came on the show. <laughs> I don't know why you asked. Me. Uh, no. <laughs> Every no, thank you for coming. I needed to uh, to finish uh October strong and I think we did it. Hopefully nobody gets mad that you took an absolute stinking dump on something. RBE pastel, that's what it was. <laughs> I'm kidding. It's fine. Everybody loves it. <laughs> we love every morph. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Everything has has a good use somewhere. Yeah. It's just like it's more like right the second do you want to buy it? No. And that's fine. Yeah. Right. And, and then I... if you want Julia's morph record is in the description. She's got Arctic hit lab stuff, lab stuff, sable stuff. What else you got? Uh, that's for the most part right now. Um, until next year's breeding season. Um, yeah, I'm basically running through what what cow uh, kings or other kings do you have? I, I I will be posting cow kings. Um, possibly Mexican black kings. I've got some expos, so who knows whether or not I'll sell through all of them. Um, <laughs> Possibly some uh, some Max Max Kings um, and African Black House Snakes. Uh, I just need to actually carve out some time to do probe sexing pictures oh, yeah. and all that jazz. So, yay. <laughs> but yeah. Um, yeah. You're doing it. We're having fun. <laughs> yeah. So they can message you if they want to put together. Absolutely. Cool. Yeah, the best part about buying, like, I know black house snakes are cheap, but, like, they come in with fucking worms from Africa, so you don't want to buy them cheap Yes, at the show. Yeah. Just saying. (laughs) It's way cheaper to buy it from a breeder without worms. Yeah. And um, these guys are, I I did get wild caught from Expos, but um, these guys are the ones that I would be selling are captive bred. Uh, 
Yes. <laughs> all right. Um, and then for all the little boys and girls at home, the auction this weekend is going to be on fire. I can tell. Uh, visual female pies, visual female clowns, het tri-stripe, het puzzle, all kinds of crazy stuff. Your pocketbooks are going to be screaming. I can just tell. <laughs> I that's you opening your purse strings <laughs> to dip in there. So, and we do have anybody else a hog auction? Hold up, not just hogs, but a hog nose vendor. I think I would know this off the top of my head. Whatever, too much dead air. <laughs> in like a month. So if you're watching this because you're only interested in hog noses and you want to go to a hog auction, Mutant Reptiles will be auctioning storm cloud type stuff. Ooh, uh, nice. And whatever else he's doing. I think he's doing shadow and stuff too. But thank you, chat. Thank you, Shane's Meltdown Exotics. 11-11 is Kevin. He <laughs> already knows. <laughs> That's like two weeks from now. So, yeah, we should be promoting it. So, if you're into hogs, come to that auction. If you're into crazy ball python deals, come to Saturday's auction. If you're into buying a la sable lavender uh, albino things, go to Julie's Wharf Market <laughs> and we're done. Right. Bye, everybody. <laughs>